deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Shriekcast. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. I'm Liz. Where in the world is J.K. Rowling? Where in the world is J.K. Rowling? It has now been 10 days, 13 days since her last tweet. And and I imagine, and I don't disagree with this with this hypothetical scenario, but I imagine that that her her assistant has has taken her phone has turned off her router <laughs> and said no more. Uh, yeah, this is uh this is kind of like um you know when Dobby tried to stop Harry from going to Hogwarts uh, because, he, <laughs> 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 because he he feared he feared that you know the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Uh, J.K. Rowling opened uh opened a, a chamber of bad tweets. Uh, and some some helpful elf out there uh, might be working some magic to to stop her from from using her phone anymore. Oh my god! So this, you know, we we've been following as as details come in. We've been following that story about her old personal assistant who, you know, got fired and said that J.K. Rowling was impossible to work with and and a terror and whatnot. And 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 I'm starting to believe it. You know, I'm I'm on. I'm on this person's side because like what other scenario like like I I I don't believe that JK has the um let me think how to phrase this the uh the mental fortitude to not tweet you know like of her own volition like she wrote that uh that whole uh uh night before christmas uh rewrite and posted it and and no one stopped her and 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 she certainly didn't stop herself so i can't imagine that this is an internal uh uh stepping away from twitter and and social media i firmly believe that this is being forced upon her yeah i have a hard time imagining it any other way like i think but also i just don't really know why like i i i get that it's like bad PR or whatever but I feel like the people that are like uh, like I think that the people that are the most mad or willing to like turn on her kind of have already done so uh-huh. and I feel like the people that are are going to uh, not care are going to continue to not care so I, I, right. I think like that part has me a little bit like wondering why it really matters that much um but yeah, she she's a big poster. Um, I think it was uh, on our New Year's New Year's episode that I said that um, my New Year's resolution was to post more, and I have uh, been posting more. But even my posting more is not even close to when she was on her tear posting like what she would post in one day. You, you've posted a few tweets, and, yeah. and they've been very good. I I've Thanks. enjoyed them immensely. They're very funny um but yeah you, you you not definitely not a prolific tweeter i'm just not uh, a poster in the realm in, of jk no look not everyone is born a poster 
no one <laughs> not everyone has to be a poster i have posters disease i have to keep posting see i feel like i do i do have a a drive to post uh but the podcast is my post you know mm-hmm. Yeah, you have, and it's a it's a big post. Yeah, this is, you 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 post for basically an entire day <laughs> once a week. Exactly. Uh, yeah. and I'm all out of posts. <laughs> yeah, this, I'm I'm very honored that I that I get to uh, share in your posting outlet. Yeah, uh, that is that is a a, a deep honor. Um, but yeah, I. <sighs> I I just don't know. I mean, you're right in the the I think that the the worm turned on uh, for for JK and, and her fans and, and supporters and whatnot a long long time ago. I don't think she could really say anything. Well, you know, no, I say that, but I feel like even and maybe this is just confirmation bias, but I feel like when she was t- tweeted that very confusing thing about uh income inequality being fake, I think even mm. a lot of her fans were like I don't know about this one, Chief. Like, like, like. I think, I think that yeah. might have been a step too far. I guess I'm um, pretty out of touch with, um, with I guess moderates that would care about stuff like that, right? Like that. That's not really in my yeah. in my sphere. Yeah. The the fickle centrists are not. It's just it's it's not it's, what it's, I see. It's surprising to me that she has not been. Like maybe maybe she just like maybe maybe she it's the opposite and she like composed so many posts so rapidly that her internet blew up or something because um I mean like there was the Brexit vote uh English transphobia is having like another moment like again for some fucking reason like I'm she has pro- so much I have an alternate theory to propose mm. um she's logged into her Twitter on her phone and she updated her phone and lost her login and can't log back in because, (laughs) because there's no like favorites either. It's no engagement, right? No, nothing at all. Yeah. She's not been, uh, or maybe she's, maybe she's gone to her, her private Twitter. She's, uh, she's gone to her, her, her after dark account. And is only she's retired to her writing room to post on her private Twitter. Oh, posting on her typewriter. That's Mm. that's that's what's that's what's going to happen is she's going to return. She's like, I have been away on most important business. And she's going to write have written a fucking like 20 page Brexit short story with Harry in it or something. Can you imagine? I'm sorry, but I want that so. so much. I fucking hope so. That's 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 my prediction. That's that's going to be her grand you know, return. Her her writing a short story in the Harry Potter universe is not unprecedented. No, it's not. Uh, there was that that's that uh, short story about Sirius that went up for auction. Uh, yeah, so I and there's surprised. There was also that one that she made a dress out of or whatever. Mm-hmm. And wore to some event, and then then like there's only one copy of it or whatever. So yeah, so this is this is a possibility, a dark dark possibility. Um, and what's weird is, uh, all quiet on the, on the posting front, but also, um, it's kind of been, I'd say in the, uh, almost a year now that we've been doing this podcast, not a week has gone by without some form of news. Um, but honestly, this is the first week where kind of nothing new happened. 
I think the closest thing is that that someone stole Neville's wallet, and that's not very nice. Uh, give, Wait, what? Give Matthew Lewis. Someone took his wallet. Uh, he was <laughs> posting about it. Uh, give Give Matthew Lewis his, his, his wallet back. I'm sorry for laughing. I. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. It's not funny. I'm sorry, Matthew Lewis. Yeah, give him his wallet back, please. Um, so I I had to do some digging. Um, luckily, uh, in my times of need, there is always a website I can turn to uh, that will have Harry Potter content for me. Um, can you can you guess which website that is? Um, MuggleNet.com. <laughs> I've actually Harry Potter, never... Lex- Harry Potter lexicon.com. Oh, I should check the lexicon more, but no, I am talking, of course, about Bustle, our arch nemesis, our favorite yeah, website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have, uh, I have two, I kind of have two things I want to hit here. One, I'm going to read you, we're going to, we're going to reach into the grab bag. I've picked some ones here, uh, that, that I, I'll, I'll read to you and we can maybe, um, do they just uh, have like a one. dedicated like a dedicated harry potter columnist like i don't understand why this is an overflowing cornucopia of harry <laughs> potter content uh well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with some choices here you can we can choose one of these uh great articles to check out i have not read any of them i've, I've only seen these amazing headlines um, but then we have a more important one that we need to finish off with a discussion of because there's a very serious article here I want to address. Oh, sure. Yeah. All right. But but our options today are 10 obscure quotes from Harry Potter, hmm. 11 Harry Potter spinoffs the world needs. How many? 11. Specifically 11. Uh, huh. And then what if Harry Potter had been a girl? Uh, vetoing that one. Um <laughs> I, you know, there, there's, uh, mountains of fan fiction that have addressed, um, addressed that topic, uh, that I'm sure we can get into at another time. I am intrigued by these spinoffs, mostly because I feel like there are like the big three that the community is always asking for, right? Like I can predict those easy. It's the Marauders, it's Voldemort's first rise to power, and... I guess, like, I, I don't know if the Cursed Child kind of ruined, like, like the Harry Potter kids mm-hmm. spinoff thing that some people wanted for a little while. But those are, like, the big three. And I can't even imagine what 11 spinoffs could be. I guess, right. like, you could do, like, American Wizarding School, uh, the Wizarding School in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I, I want to know, I, I want to know what Bustle thinks are going to are these Harry Potter spinoffs that we need. Okay. Oh, Fair. the other one, the other one, because I'm just I'm just going along guessing what they're going to be. The other one is um, the Hogwarts founders, okay. like, a, like a historical one. Well, I have not read this, so let's let's dig in here and let's see whether any of your predictions come true. Sure. Number one, Hermione and the Muggles. Uh, what a, a look inside <laughs> Hermione Hermione's life and family in the Muggle world since she's Hogwarts's most dedicated student. Having to hide her magic side must be devastating and likely hilarious. She also Wait. suffered a great N- no. <laughs> her parents no. know. Her These parents are... know. She goes there for the summer and then she just is a normal adult wizard after school. 
We know what happened. <laughs> We're off to a great start here. Uh, number two, Butterbeer and Chocolate Frogs, A Culinary History of Magical Meals. The food in the Harry Potter universe deserves its own story, and this is the book to do it. Uh, Bustle is going full on galaxy brain. I did not. I did not even get close. No. Well, okay. This, wow. this one I think is probably the closest that I've seen on this list to like a, a, a normal one. Uh, Hogwarts class of 78. What happened at Hogwarts when Severus, Snape, Lily Evans, James Potter, Remus Lupin, and Sirius Black were all students? That's just the Marauders. Can they just Everyone call it that. Marauders? I don't Just say what it is. Yeah. Class of 78. I'm not, I'm not so sure about uh for the daily prophet full issues of the daily prophet from each time they are discussed or appear in harry potter books along with the juicy front page gossip we get all the daily wizarding news like what's happening at the ministry of magic i feel like i've misunderstood this article a little bit like yeah, are we not the- talking about a tv show are these newspapers being delivered to me <laughs> is this just a like- zine are they talking about making a zine y- yeah well, the, it's weird because the the Hermione one sounds like they were pitching a sitcom, but this is right. asking for uh, newspaper. Okay, I'll take the newspaper because it will clear up to me what the Daily Prophet is supposed to be in the story. Right. Maybe. Yeah. What What is it parodying? What does it actually represent? Uh, five. Hagrid's hut. Everything that's not supposed to happen at Hogwarts always <laughs> happens in Hagrid's hut. That's a really interesting way to phrase that. That's <laughs> true. It's true though. Actually, that's brilliant. Give me the TV show that has one set and it's all set in Hagrid's hut and it's all of those like farce scenes where a yeah. bunch of people <laughs> pile in there and have have a conversation. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, six. The writings on the so some of them they've even come up with like fake titles for them. Uh, six is the writings on the wall. What happens at Hogwarts from the perspective of its very opinionated portraits? uh sure uh, i still don't seven. know is this supposed to be tv i i'm Th- that really one really sounds confused. like tv yeah that one really sounds like tv seven invisible mischief harry's not the only wizard to ever use the invisibility cloak nope. this book is a sneaky <sighs> peek into what happens when the invisibility cloak gets into the right and wrong hands no nope, N- no thank you no thanks <laughs> eight teacher's lounge the Hogwarts professor get together to gossip about the students. Okay. Like just in Harry's like <laughs> the time that the books took place. What the like the fuck is this? I guess. I mean, so. yes, in my in my imagining of what a Harry Potter CW show would be like, obviously the teachers would be like their own characters and we'd see the teacher drama. Yeah. I like the teachers. I think this is the closest one to something I'd be into is stuff from the perspective sure. of the teachers. Uh, number nine is the Marauders map. There's more going on at Hogwarts than the books tell us. Let the Marauders map show us what's really happening. And then they have a gif of what everyone says is the fucking in the credits of the movie. Oh, nice. So show us all the fucking on the Marauders map. Show us all of the fucking, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh 10 the ghosts of hogwarts nearly headless nick the fat friar the gray lady the bloody bear okay yeah this is just a list of the ghosts uh, this is just a us... list of things in harry potter this yeah. this entire article is just a list of things <laughs> well the last one here is 
11 magic neville uh let's bring matthew lewis and magic mike together just as the world intended because because mm. i guess matt matthew lewis <laughs> got hot and they want to they want a magic mike movie with neville in it wow this is feminism this is feminine do you um do you, maybe maybe this bustle writer stole his wallet and is holding it hostage until he agrees to make this movie yeah maybe um i thought it was just gonna be about neville because neville is magic so i was not expecting that twist no the no the magic mike twist no not at all well thanks i did not, I did not enjoy that article no um, i i i mean this is really a this is a devil's choice right like none of these would have been good we've got what 10 obscure quotes from harry potter and what if harry potter had been a girl like no thanks to either of those honestly i'm very I, I you know the obscure quotes was attempting because they're books and they're very long books so you can quote literally anything in there um mm -hmm. so that was a little interesting maybe we'll have to revisit that one at a at a different time but uh i i was not expecting that the spinoff would not have any of the familiar kind of asks the other one yeah. that i forgot to mention is people want like a police procedural type show with like harry as an auror <laughs> that's the other one i'm sorry i i couldn't resist i did click the uh what if harry potter was a girl one what if what if this is really bad this is actually worse than than the norm like we've we've seen this reddit thread a million times right uh, oh yeah uh this this is maybe worse i'm gonna put a lid on that though and save it for the future because we can't have sure. too much bustle because we have no. to talk about this other thing which is what is the other thing bustle has a list of the top harry potter podcasts and we are not on it <laughs> this is outrageous this is so fucked up there are a lot of harry potter podcasts there are and we are one of them we are sort we of are... <laughs> okay yeah <fair. laughs> uh, i'm just gonna gonna read read this rogues gallery here we've got harry potter and the sacred text is on here potterotic is on here muggle cast is on here uh imaginary worlds unspoiled potter cast alohomora weird sisters your wizard harry mischief managed and at the end this is the bombshell mm -hmm. i didn't even tell you this one before the show started because this what? is bustle has its own harry potter podcast oh shit wait they they put their own podcast on their list oh yeah i guess i guess that's that's their right you know you can vote for yourself huh they did it it's called the girls who lived they have their own harry potter podcast on bustle what the fuck they are they are truly our fucking mortal enemy i feel uh, like i i could go about putting on like a big show of like i can't believe we're not on this list um but oh, I can't. you know yeah. <laughs> i i think we may have disqualified ourselves a yeah, little I think, bit i think i think we may have uh uh been a little rude about bustle um in the past but you know what they fucking deserve it so yeah burn burned that bridge yeah the bustle bridge <laughs> we burned the bustle bridge um well that's that's it so so no news this week i'm hoping jk shows up again soon because 
Where are you at? Where's she at? We need, we need, we need her back. Yeah, hopefully really she recovers don't. her Twitter password. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, she's probably done the whole posts. thing where it's like she forgot her password and then she had, she forgot that she had two-factor authentication on and then doesn't have the password to that email account that it got sent to. And so she has to reset that password. And that has so two-factor on it. Yeah, I've done that before. Well, let's let's move on from the news to the olds. The old ye, ye old goblet of fire. Ye, ye old ye old book. Nearly twenty years <laughs> old. Wow! Uh, incredible that Vessel still manages to crank out so much content about a twenty-year-old book. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I guess I, I I cannot throw stones in this glass house Absolutely uh, because not. this this week we read chapter twenty-nine entitled. The Dream, which is also the chapter I did not remember existing in this book at all. Anything about um, it at all. <laughs> no, so I'll, I'll jump right in. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are uh, hashing it out about Harry's run-in with Crouch in the previous chapter, and they don't really kind of make any big takeaways there, uh, other than Harry kind of reiterating that Crouch um, seemed to think that Voldemort was getting stronger, and Harry is clearly worried about that. Ron is still kind of suspecting Snape and kind of pointing the finger at him, but it it a little bit gets gets dismissed. Um, they go up to the Owlry to send a letter to Sirius to let him know... Uh, about Crouch and, and what happened. And while they're in the Owlry, they overhear Fred and George also coming up to send a letter and they're kind of arguing back and forth. Uh, one of them can't remember which is saying like, we can't send that that's blackmail. Uh, and the other one's like, but we'll get money. So we should do it. Uh, Fred and George arrive in the Owlry and, and uh, Ron kind of asks them like what they were talking about and and they say that they were just joking and, and Ron is kind of worried like they could get into serious trouble and they've always like broken school rules but is kind of thinking like maybe they wouldn't be uh, against like breaking the law or getting into serious trouble so he's kind of kind of worried about that uh, they go to like history of magic, I think, and we get a scene there. And then they go to Defense Against the Dark Arts, uh, and Harry finds Moody after class and asks asks him if he found Barty Crouch and if he used the Marauder's map to look for him. Moody says, yeah, he did, but he disappeared. He didn't show up on the map. No idea how he got away. They kind of talk back and forth. Hermione reminds everyone that you can't disapparate on the grounds. Uh, and Moody kind of says, you know, don't worry about it. He, he disappeared somehow, but right now, Harry, you have to focus on, on the third task. And he tells uh, Ron and Hermione that they should help him help him to prepare. Harry does get a letter back from Sirius, and it's kind of a, a scolding letter. Like, why would you go off with Crumb alone, especially out on the grounds? Like, that was really stupid of you. Uh, someone is trying to kill you or, or, or get you in, in serious danger. You could have been killed, on and on. And Sirius says, you know, don't worry about Crouch focus on the task and he kind of suggests some some spells for harry to learn harry is irritated uh, that he was kind of getting a lecture hermione argues that sirius is right uh, and that scene just kind of ends uh harry we <laughs> trying to be unbiased here uh harry we have another scene where harry uh, is practicing uh, the stunning spell for the task and, and hermione and ron are helping him out with that 
And then it's uh, time for divination. And Harry falls asleep in class and has a dream. Uh, in the dream, he is flying on the back of an owl. Uh, and then the owl goes into a house. And then he's in the house. And it's the house that we saw at the beginning of this book uh, where Frank died. And Voldemort is there, although Harry can't see him. He's like on a chair and Harry's perspective is like from behind it. But he seems sees Wormtail, who's kind of like begging on, on the floor uh, for his life, probably. And Voldemort says, Wormtail, you're in luck. Uh, the problem you caused has resolved itself. And says the words, he is dead. Um, so he won't be feeding Wormtail to Nagini because, you know, it, it all turned out okay. But they will be killing Harry. Harry wakes up and uh, is in pain from his scar. And so he he decides it's time to, just like Sirius said, it's time to go to Dumbledore and tell him that that his scar was hurting. He goes to Dumbledore's office, and while he's kind of waiting in the entryway, he overhears Dumbledore talking to uh, uh, Fudge, the Minister of Magic, and uh, and Moody, who's in there as well. Dumbledore is trying to convince Fudge that Barty Crouch's disappearance and um, uh, and Bertha Jorkins being missing are related, but Fudge just kind of won't listen. He thinks he thinks it's he thinks it's nothing. He won't take dumbledore seriously uh fudge implies or kind of suggests that that it's possibly uh madame maxime uh because fudge is like well she's half giant and um and they're very violent dumbledore says that fudge is just prejudiced um and then moody points out that harry is standing just outside the door and is looking to talk to dumbledore and that's the end of the chapter Oh, God, I forgot that that was literally I okay, I was thinking like, OK, does the chapter end after the dream and then all the pensive stuff in Dumbledore's offices in the next chapter? But no, this is such a fucking this is a brick of a chapter. Yeah, this is definitely like a filler chapter. Like it, it kind of hits us with a recap of what we just read with all of the crouch stuff. Like literally the first scene is just Harry, Ron and Hermione recounting the thing that we just read. Uh, I understand that we wanted Harry to uh, like say the important points at Hermione and Ron, uh, but it's a little tiresome. This is not, I don't know. Like the, we're, we've read, we, we are coming up on six chapters in a row that are basically all recaps, which is weird. Yeah, it's like it's like exposition. Something happens. Recap. More yeah. exposition. I, I mean, I guess it's just because like this book is really long and she's not trusting the audience to keep everything in mind or something. But it just it's just it's too much it's it's so so much better circling around like points that we've already covered and stuff it's 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 a lot um i guess i'll be positive at the top i i think there are some good scenes in this chapter and some some nice moments uh sure. i like the stuff in the allery a lot with fred and george and them Oh yeah, um, I for I, I like I said I had I had forgotten this entire chapter. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't quite realize how heavy-handed the Ludo Bagman red herring is in this book. We get yeah. into more of it in the next chapter. I assume I thought I I forgot because they cut it out entirely from the movie. Mm -hmm. Um but I do I really like the Fred and George stuff and I also like Ron worrying that they like it's that moment where Ron 
uh, and again, like plays back into this idea of, uh, you know, the, the kids are growing up and, and Ron thinking like Fred and George have always broken school rules, but would they know the difference or think there's a difference between that and and breaking the law and getting in serious trouble. So I, I, I did enjoy the like characterization of Ron there and of Fred and George. I, I really liked them uh, comparing him to Percy, like dangling that over his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like, like, you know, Ron, Ron is like, he, he kind of is honestly like a mix between like, he's not as, as full on goofball as Fred and George. And he's not as much of a, like, uh, you know, uh, authoritarian worry wart as Percy. He just kind of like mm-hmm. sits kind of in the middle there between them. And like, he clearly probably feels a closer connection to Fred and George, but like, like, uh, it, 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 like this is, this is a really good sibling dynamic thing going on here in this interaction that I really like. Yeah. I, I think that like for as bad as Ron has been in this book, um, there was that moment where, where they say, you know, Ron is saying like, you know, you could get in serious trouble and they, they kind of taunt him by saying like, oh, watch out, you're going to be a prefect like Percy. And he said, and, and Ron says back like, no, I wouldn't uh, like he's offended. Um, and, and maybe I'm like galaxy braining this a little bit, but like, I, it reminds me back to the first book when Ron was looking in the mirror of Erised and saw himself as the head boy. So it's like, oh, he, that's he doesn't, right. He, he doesn't want to show that he would want that in front of fred and george but that is something that he would want right like because you 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 have to that's be a, a prefect before you become head boy yeah, right that's a great connection i did not i i never thought of that yeah um, so i i did really enjoy that characterization of ron for for as fucking miserable as he's been this entire <laughs> book i i had that like glimmer of like oh that's that's sweet i really like that it's it's also not only that it's um uh it's sort of like hermione's behavior rubbing off on him too right like yeah like he is he is being the hermione to fred and george right now uh yeah uh, which is which is another i think i think is a really nice moment that like you say uh would probably work a lot better if i didn't like fucking hate ron at this point but uh but still it's 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 i think it's a nice moment for sure um god uh so they just trying to remember. Oh, the I actually order. have I have I have one more thing about the owlery scene. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's very like small and I I would say nitpicky and kind of stupid. So I I don't want to say this like as like I, I want to say this with a grain of salt. Um, there is a part in here where Fred and George enter the owlery, and and I guess I'll just read it. Um. Uh, the owlery door banged open. Fred and George came over the threshold. Uh, they froze at the sight of Harry, Ron, and Hermione. What are you doing here? Ron and Fred said at the same time. Sending a letter, said Harry and George in unison. What, at this time, said Hermione and Fred? And, I, like, I, I think that I'm maybe noticing the editing a little bit more than I should in this book. But this is a joke that went on one line too far to me Uh and i was and i was like i really like the like one two like two of them said it in unison and then the second line and then the third one just felt like a joke played too far that i feel i feel like if an editor had been sitting there that could have been struck out because it's like you've kind of milked this joke one one like a little bit too far 
And 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 it's believable at first because Ron is their sibling, right? And would absolutely be doing the same. Yeah, uh, and also just pointing out that dynamic that Harry has with Ron, it kind of mirroring Fred and George, but then Hermione having a weird unison line doesn't make sense. Yeah, especially because the question she asks is at this time. Like, like that is... I, Hermione is not on that level of irony. Hermione's irony level is fucking zero, right? No, like, yeah, like, it, and it's super falls flat because it just doesn't ring very true to what she would say. And I, I feel like that is kind of like this weird thing that I keep coming back to with this book where it's like, I think that J.K. Rowling's humor is like very good and oftentimes very like clever and funny, but she will take it as far as she can. And I think that she really benefits from an editor that's willing to mm-hmm. like rein that stuff in. And that did yeah. not happen with this book. So no. I, like the jokes just get played too far. So that's my, my probably most, hopefully most nitpicky thing that I have to say about these <laughs> chapters. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot to nitpick in these chapters. Um, just trying to think, God, you, you literally just read me a summary of the chapter and it's already kind of, out of my head what order okay, everything I'll, I'll just happens jump. in i'll, I'll kind of i'll bring us through it so i guess oh, like the, the other like main thing that happens is that they go talk to moody right like they talk to moody after after his class uh and he is just like yep crouch just disappeared i like he killed him right that's what happened here. if i remember right yes uh and and there is a thing that i really like both here and i think think there's one other detail i'll remember it probably when we get there um that that kind of shows that maybe some cracks in his act are beginning to show Mm -hmm. um and to me specifically here it's the the part where he also tells hermione that she should consider a career as an horror Uh and you're and it's sort of like oh okay he's got like a routine with with like the teens to like get them on his side and he's having yeah. to kind of like repeat himself in front of harry and like pull the same tricks and like you know harry doesn't notice or anything but like i i was immediately just like oh he his like his like repertoire of 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 like shady shady ways to like get people to trust him are kind of like running out of steam right yeah i i continue to really like all the scenes with moody crouch um uh there really should be more of them in a book this long uh and it certainly kind of makes me think that like the the honest other than like maybe book one the defense against the dark arts teacher is always the most interesting like character yeah in all of the books like no matter who it is (laughs) i always feel like those scenes are too far like are too few Um, yeah totally and 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 i'm yeah, I, I I enjoy the all the fake moody scenes. I also really like Ron like trying to one up Hermione in this scene, um, to like also be told that he he would be a good cop. Like that's a pretty funny funny moment for him. I'm I'm actually yeah. just now connecting that to the scene previously with with the you know uh, with the, the Percy comment and and your connection to the um, the head boy thing um yeah he really wants this validation bad ron ron getting some 11th hour characterization after being a complete dickhead this entire book (laughs) yeah Uh, 
yeah. Um, also, here's the thing. Hey, remember Spew? Remember no. when that was like? No. Remember when that was <laughs> no. like the entirety of Hermione? Or what the fuck is Hermione doing anymore in this book? Like, it's just she's just there. Hermione should not be in this book. Hermione should have gone, been an exchange student in this book and gone to Bobatons or something because there is no reason <laughs> for her to be in Goblet of Fire. No, it's it's pretty depressing. Um, okay, so we we've done we've done Moody, yep. uh, Moody Crouch uh, scene. We get we get that scene where Harry's practicing the spells. I don't really have like much to say about that. Uh, good for him. <laughs> I, <laughs> Good for, uh, I will say i do like the comment from hermione that uh he he's he's done plenty of uh disarming spells that, that's a good a it, good little yeah, joke yeah that's pretty cute um oh i guess i skipped over Sir harry's letter from sirius um uh everyone i guess this is like people kind of uh like pointing kind of a weird finger at victor crumb like not not to say that we we are supposed to think that um but i do like harry's kind of indignant response to sirius's lecture because really who is he to say anything right to Harry? Yeah. um and now he goes to divination and has the dream yeah let's get into the fucking dream huh i am a uh, fool yeah me too <laughs> i i remember last week i said you know, a dream sequence is going to be uh, where we will get some insight into uh, authorial intent and symbols <laughs> and themes. Um, <laughs> no, it's just a vision. It's, it's just, just a, it's a, an extremely literal uh, vision. These chapters are so bad. We get, we get a fucking literal dream sequence. And then we also get a memory sequence. This, yeah, is, this is so bad. This is an, this is an exposition vision um if this were a fan fiction it would just be voldemort's pov uh i like i guess it's important to us that harry has this like psychic connection to voldemort which i would argue uh maybe shouldn't be so fucking literal it's yeah. so boring um i honestly like don't really have anything to say about this actual scene because it's so outrageously boring it's just voldemort i, I mean like I guess that the clue that is dropped is Voldemort. Like it says he's dead, which means that Cra that Moody Crouch killed Crouch senior. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Ugh, it's so frustrating. It's, it's, uh, this is particularly annoying to me just because I really like dream sequences. Like, mm -hmm. like dream sequences are one of like, if I had to pick like a, a favorite story thing, uh trope if you will like i don't know if they really count as a trope but but whatever like dream sequences can are so malleable and like can do so much for you in terms of like cool imagery and like creative uh uh exposition creative hints and clues like create like like character development moments that you couldn't have in like a literal scene there's so much you can do with a dream sequence, but literally just like having it be exposition, like like clear headed, completely normal exposition is so boring. 
Yeah, and it's just like a conversation. It is Voldemort and Wormtail having a conversation. That is the dream. That that is the exposition that we're given. Which, so not only not only do we get a dream to exposit, it's Harry overhearing a conversation again. It's yeah, right. It's it's Harry overhearing a conversation, which is already an overused thing. But also, I'm just realizing if if the hint here is supposed to be, hey, Harry has a psychic connection to why why isn't he seeing this like from Voldemort's perspective or something? Why is he writing a dream owl in? And then hearing it as like a third party, it's so stupid. I could, I, I could honestly like talk about how how much I hate this forever, and like maybe he irrationally be, so, but it's just so maybe fucking he's a, boring. I guess I will offer a, a a explanation, and I'm not saying that it's not boring or stupid. But uh-huh. is it that he's having the connection to Nagini because he's a Horcrux, so he's seeing through Nagini's eyes? That would also be cooler, but he's not. Who I, would he's also, who I would also like to remind you is a human woman. Nagini, the human woman, is here. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, uh, the he Voldemort is is uh, disappointed to inform Nagini that she will not be eating Peter Pettigrew. Um, yeah. Uh, Nagini, the human woman, uh, right? Uh, yeah. Will not be will not be eating uh, a worm tail. I just fucking there are so many cool things you can do with dreams. So many cool things. Like 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 you the most figurative scenes possible and 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 you just yeah, I, I don't know, like like you just have him ride in on an owl and overhear a conversation. It's just this is like the third conversation he's overheard in these six chapters. He then also goes to hear another conversation. He overhears this conversation <laughs> in a dream and then runs to Dumbledore's office so he can overhear another conversation. Uh, remember that time uh, that I uh, pointed out how much I liked that he on purpose overheard a conversation <laughs> like six chapters ago? Yeah. That's so Oh weird. my God. That's like the one move he has. It's so bad. I don't know. I just... Just I, I like like you said, I am a fool. I was I was like, huh, I don't remember anything about this chapter. I wonder if there's some cool imagery or something that went over my head as a kid. And it turns out, nope, I forgot everything because it was boring and stupid. Like he just had a dream that that told the exposition at him. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like how even like is it necessary exposition? Like what, it, what it was communicated to us in this scene that we needed to know, because here's the thing. I get that Harry having a psychic connection to Voldemort is like a huge clue, a clue in air quotes for the Horcruxes, right. I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and I am like okay with that, I suppose, like as okay as I could be, um, even though I do not like the Horcruxes very much. Right. Um, but it really is used as just a a literal exposition scene instead of anything more interesting that a like psychic soul connection could be used for to like characterize or whatever so i guess my question is like why like what was what was the information that happened in this scene that was so vital for us i mean the 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 real important thing i guess is the that his scar is hurting again 
which yeah, I don't I guess, think I just we think actually like, needed a dream sequence for, right? Like we, his scar could just hurt again. Right, or we could have a more figurative kind of representation of a soul connection than just a... Uh, Which a we got! That... Remember the weird dream that we completely forgot about in book one? That was a right. surprise? Where it's like, he like he, he he couldn't really see anything, but he could hear laughing, and, and like, there's a green flash, and... It was like a, it was like a weird, like hazy version of of a memory from when he was a child or right, whatever. Like, yeah, there's that. Like, like we've we've gotten those sequences before. Uh, yes. So what the fuck was this all about? I guess. Because I, I I don't think we needed to know. Because like the the big other piece of information that at least like us hearing Voldemort and Wormtail talk is that Crouch Senior is dead. Yeah. yeah i don't know why Which, we need to know that here especially because i know that crouch jr is just going to monologue everything that he did at us in a chapter right right yeah if i remember right this is this is getting ahead of myself a little bit but i if i remember right i do and i'm setting myself up here for another moment like this chapter where i'll probably be a fool but i think i remember liking that monologue uh but that might just oh, be because sure. I, re- I i i think i remember i have strong jim dale memories of of the monologue i can i can i can remember i i know the monologue like in my head actually which is kind of funny i like that's the one thing i remember from the end of this book yeah i just think that crouch jr saying you know we find out that he was moody all along and and then it's and then we think back to that woods scene and we find out that that he had gone and, and killed his father in the woods. I don't think that is less impactful for not having been foreshadowed by Voldemort a dream in a dream. Sequence. Right. Or not, oh. not even foreshadowed, just like talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some silver linings here. We, we get a little bit of Trelawney content that I really like. Uh, oh yeah. I, that stuff is great. I, I love what is it when like Harry wakes up after like like you know like, wakes up screaming or whatever and there's like a line let me see if I can find the exact wording because it's very funny uh do 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 uh God where was it oh here he is uh uh Harry opened his eyes he was lying on the floor of Professor Trelawney's room with his hands over his face. His scar was still burning so badly that his eyes were watering. The pain had been real. The whole class was standing around him, and Ron was kneeling next to him, looking terrified. You all right, he said. Of course he isn't, said Professor Trelawney, looking <laughs> thoroughly excited. Which is just, that's such a great, I love Professor Trelawney so much. Um, but yeah, she, her just being, like, excited that Harry's having having weird dreams again is, like, the one silver lining here. I love that so much. Yeah, she, like, attributes it to, like, the ambiance and psychic energy of her classroom or whatever. Yeah. She's very funny. I did enjoy she rules. that. Um, yeah. I, I was, like, halfway, partway enjoying the conversation between Dumbledore and, and Fudge. Like, I, like, I kind, I'm, like, yeah. a little bit a little bit confused um about the ministry of magic in general um but i do at this point in the story can kind of appreciate this like fudge kind of bumbling around and denying like what dumbledore is saying and just kind of like trying to pin it on like madame maxime being violent or something and, and yeah. dumbledore kind of uh admonishing him for that uh and when I, harry I, comes in he 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 
like looks embarrassed or something we get that in the next chapter so i didn't mind that too much i i like fudge as a character a lot um Uh he was a lot of fun in book three especially like just him sort of like the the like i i like he he really feels like a character like he's a he's a politician and he's 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 the kind of politician who got into it for the for the perks is kind of the vibe i get from him like he just he just likes being being the guy but he doesn't want to do any of it right he's just like i'm i'm the figurehead uh it's it's nice when people respect me like like he he just enjoys like the uh the pomp and circumstance which is like a a character thing I, i really like um I will say, and it's not that it's even wrong, but I did have to groan a little bit out loud at uh, uh, Dumbledore literally doing the "perhaps it is you who is the racist" thing. Like, like well, that's literally. It's, it's actually <laughs> so funny, just because Fudge like sets him up for that line in a yeah. way that no no one on earth would like. Right. It, is, that's... it is the dream. I mean this is a book, right? Like this is fiction. So of course you would have your dream comeback set up, right? This is uh-huh. like a, a, a like epic clap back. Uh, everybody clapped kind of moment because uh-huh. the way fudge phrases his, what he says about Madame. Yeah, he he so says funny. like, he says like, Oh, you, well, Oh th- th- yeah, you're right. It's, it's the, it's because what he says is you are prejudiced in favor of Madame Maxime. <laughs> yeah and which so is Dumbledore is weirdest... like maybe you are the one who's prejudiced and it's right like, there's wow. no other reason for him to phrase it that way other than for it to be an epic comeback on Dumbledore's part like yeah but no one no one has ever phrased it that way around when talking about prejudice perhaps you're prejudiced in favor of giants <laughs> yeah that was a that's definitely a weird one but i i, I do like that scene and, and like what it's like the, the the actual character development there for sure i i think is good um and i, and I think if i think any f- me looking upon that favorably as like what dumbledore represents all falls apart in the next chapter sure fucking does uh <laughs> yeah let's Let's get into it. Let's get into uh, Exposition Dream Sequence number two. Okay, yeah. Uh, wish me luck. This is chapter 30, The Pensive. Is that how you would pronounce that? I know it's like a pensive. Pen- pensive. Yeah, no, pensive. I think pe- pensive, yeah. That's how Jim That's how Jim Dale pronounced it, so yeah. I, I will as well. Um, it's a good pun. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, chapter 30, The Pensive. Uh, Harry is invited into Dumbledore's office and uh, Fudge is there and so is Moody and so is Dumbledore, obviously. Harry takes that opportunity uh, because he knew that he, that they knew that he was listening to say that he didn't see Madame Maxime um, around when, when the Crouch incident happened and, and Dumbledore kind of gives him a, a little, a little smile and a wink for being a good boy. Um <laughs> Dumbledore <laughs> Dumbledore tells Harry uh, to wait in his office and, and they'll talk. But first he has to show Fudge um, where Crouch was seen. Um, but he, he leaves kind of kind of in a hurry and something catches Harry's eye in Dumbledore's cabinet. And it's the pensive. And I'm not going to do a big, long description about the pensive. But anyway, Harry dunks his head in it and sees some memories. 
So here are the memories that Harry sees while he is in Dumbledore's pensive. The first memory is a courtroom scene and he is witnessing Karkaroff's trial uh, when he was uh, arrested for Death Eater activity. Uh, but in, in it, Karkaroff is giving uh, some names of some other Death Eaters uh, in order to to not in exchange for, for not going to, to prison. Uh, we basically get a long list of names. And also one of the names, uh, Rookwood, uh, is a uh, someone who works in the Department of Mysteries and has been a spy for Voldemort. And that's kind of like a surprise to the, the people in attendance at the trial. Uh, his last name that he reveals is Snape. Uh, and at that point, Dumbledore, who's in the crowd and who, and who Harry is kind of sitting next to memory Dumbledore, stands up and says... No, Snape's name has been cleared. We've already been through this. We He was a spy for me the whole time. Uh, so basically, Karkaroff's going to going to go free for, for revealing uh, some important Death Eater names. Uh, and Crouch is the one that is... Crouch Sr. is try, trying the case and is, is clearly upset because he thinks that Karkaroff is evil and should go to jail. Uh, Moody is also in agreement, and Moody is sitting next to Dumbledore and is very unhappy that Karkaroff is not going to go to jail. Or Azkaban, excuse me. Um, the vision fades, and we're in a different courtroom scene. Uh, in this one, Harry sees Rita Skeeter in the crowd, uh, and it looks like she's doing some journalism. Uh, it's a trial for Ludo Bagman, um, and the atmosphere in this trial is very different. Everyone there is kind of excited to see like a star Quidditch player. Everyone is like clearly, clearly he has the public's favor, um, and he he comes in for his trial and is very charismatic. Um, and, and it turns out that Ludo Begman, um, had accidentally fed information, uh, to, a sp one of Voldemort's spies, which was the name that we heard at, at Karkaroff's trial. Um, but he, he didn't mean to, is what he says. It's like, I had no idea. I thought that we were all on the same side and like, everyone's in pretty good humor, except for Crouch, who's like pretty angry, like, uh, whether or not it's because he thinks he meant was a Death Eater or... Um, or did it by accident just because he's, he's silly. Um, we don't really know, but Crouch thinks he should be punished. Uh, but the crowd clears him because he's, you know, a star Quidditch player and everyone loves him. Um, that scene fades into a third courtroom scene, which is a trial for four Death Eaters who are on, on trial for torturing... Uh, Frank and Alice Longbottom until they lost their minds. Uh, we don't get any of the other, the, the other three of the Death Eaters are unnamed, I believe, uh, but one of them is Barty Crouch Jr. Um, and he is panicked and scared and crying. And throughout the trial, who, who, which is again being tried by his father, Barty Crouch Sr., he's pleading with him, like, please please father i you know i would i would never do it i'm innocent uh but crouch senior shows no mercy uh tells sends him to azkaban says that you know he's no son of his uh and his, and crouch senior's wife who is next to him faints um and is it it is at that time that real dumbledore uh arrives in the memory and pulls harry out of it uh, he then explains what a pensive is to Harry uh, and kind of demonstrates uh, how it works. 
Um, we see a little bit of a snippet of a memory that Dumbledore shows, which is a memory of Snape saying that something is coming back, both his and Karkaroff's, uh, but we don't we don't find out what it is. Then Dumbledore watches a memory with Harry of Bertha Jorkins from her school days, and he's talking to her, and she's saying that she got hexed for following someone into a greenhouse. Um, Harry then tells Dumbledore about his dream. Dumbledore uh, kind of reveals reveals that he uh, knows that his scar hurt over the summer because he has been corresponding with Sirius this entire time and uh, recommended that Sirius live in that cave uh, in Hogsmeade. Uh, Dumbledore kind of speculates to Harry and, and hints that he thinks that um, uh, Harry has some sort of psychic connection to Voldemort through his scar. Um, Harry asks Dumbledore uh, if he thinks that his dream happened and Dumbledore kind of says, basically probably um and that he thinks that that Voldemort is getting stronger and and talks about how when Voldemort first ro rose to power people disappeared uh and Bertha Jorkins disappeared around uh where Voldemort was last known to be Dumbledore does tell Harry what happened to Neville's parents because Harry asked about what he saw in the pensive um but but tells Harry that it's Neville's story to tell uh and that he should keep it to himself uh, Harry does ask why Dumbledore trusts Snape. Um, Dumbledore said, that's between me and and Snape. And then Dumbledore says, good luck with the third task. And that's the end of the chapter. Hey, Harry, uh, we're going to go for a convenient walk. Uh, you can just stay in my office. Uh, I'm the I'm the head of the school. Just hang out here. Uh, I mean, in the last chapter... I know you were confused about how far it is from my office to the grounds, but, you know, we're going to go for a walk on the grounds and, and figure it out. Uh, enjoy. Bye. This chapter. This chapter wow. fucking sucks. I am sorry. Like, I know I know we've had at least one, like, worst chapter moment for the past few episodes of this book, but Jesus. This is a lore chapter. This is all lore, and I didn't want any of it. Rip this entire chapter out of this book. <sighs> it's gone. Just exit out. I did not. I did not need to hear or know about any of this. Why? Can you give me any reason why I care about any of this? I think there is. There. I think there are two small things that I really like. Okay. Um, I think that Karkarov trying to sell Snape out. Uh, is a good reason for Snape to be so disdainful towards Karkaroff. But we didn't need that through this scene, right? But that that is a, a thing that I like. Uh, and I also like um, the general reaction to Bagman, uh, his his trial, um, and how differently he's treated and... and, and uh, whether or not he's playing dumb or really is dumb or whatever. I, I like that. It's sort of up in the air. Like, like th th that is like, that is the most I can ring out of this other than that fucking waste of pages. All of this stuff. This is, I would again, not to be insulting to fan fiction, but this could be fan fiction, but I think that someone could also make fan fiction about this stuff more interesting. Yeah. It's, it's just, three courtroom proceedings back to back i don't know if there's like 
I talked about this a lot um, when Sirius did some exposition about Barty Crouch Jr. Mm -hmm. And then again, we have to see Barty Crouch Jr.'s trial, which is essentially just reiterating what Sirius has already told us, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Like Sirius makes a big, long monologue about like, we didn't know if Barty Crouch Jr. was innocent. And if he wasn't, if he was guilty, like, maybe some blame lies with his father and all of that on and on and on whatever um and then i i don't know why i had to hear that and then also see this scene which essentially just rehashes that all for me to look at in a memory and neither of those things i think need to be here because i think it i think it completely defangs crouch jr as a villain yes like i i i I just don't care. I guess it it's it's bad on multiple levels because it, it like like you're right it, it exposes too much about the villain. Um, I think it makes Dumbledore look demonstrably worse, and not in a way that I think is intentional. Uh, I think that. It uh, it also creates this really muddy line because, okay, we just had a dream sequence <laughs> where where Harry saw the truth in a dream, like yes. psychically, and now <laughs> we are also discovering that there is now this tool, the pensive, which I guess just shows you your objective memories and thoughts. Which is confusing because here's here are two here are two things that are completely subjective and dependent on the character uh, uh, or should be dependent on the character relaying them presented as objective fact. Harry has an objective dream uh, and then Dumbledore has objective memories. Yes. Uh, and it's like like you can't do both like like neither these can't both be objective exposition tools they just can't it's so stupid they're they serve the same purpose in that case like they are the same thing yeah it's like and honestly like the pensive is so weird because there's like a because dumbledore is like the moral good of this story right like he mm-hmm. he is the the north star of of what is good and right in the moral universe of harry potter um yeah. and so like on the one hand this kind of like godlike figure showing their objective memories okay fine <laughs> but we see other like this this device the pensive is used to show other people's objective memories in the future right like it's not even like a dumbledore thing it no, is an everyone thing yeah. it's a snape thing it's a it's a slughorn thing where a huge plot point is made that he has altered his memories yeah but then he's like okay here are the objective memories right like like there is something so interesting there about subjective memories and also what people think like how people do like to think about memories is objective and there's probably an interesting story in there about slughorn lying to himself right yeah and 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 like being so ashamed and 
having these subjective memories about something that didn't happen, but no, it's like, it's like film having been edited, right? Like, like this is a, like, like pensive memories are at this point, unless I've really forgotten or or are mischaracterizing how it's used in the future are, are pulling film reels out of your head. Yeah. Which, okay. Also, this is driving me crazy I mean, this is the world building at this point is like fully collapsing in on itself, right? Because we also sure. two books ago just had a mystical dark artifact that did this same thing, like like the Riddle's Wh- diary. Which one? Oh, oh yeah, Riddle's yeah. diary also, like in the same fashion. Like, like, right, which, and it's like he was definitely constructing a story, and that is also kind of interesting and i think was like not utilized to the point like like showing someone memories but being able to construct them in such a way that they present a narrative is like interesting but again they are film reels also right they are not (laughs) he remembers it differently or memories are subjective it is here are my objective memories yeah uh but also like like i forget does harry even comment on the fact that he's like been inside a memory before in this chapter no we i think we're all trying to forget chamber of secrets (laughs) yeah fair yeah it's just it's just bizarre like like we we have seen this device as a magical artifact before and so to have it come back here is like a big plot moment for him to discover this device that shows memories really falls flat because it's like yeah we've been we've done this song and dance and it doesn't help that the memories themselves are just fucking boring as hell like i like a good courtroom scene but you need to do more than just have everyone just sitting there doing a courtroom scene you know like like have some panache please I would be more engaged if like Harry was engaged in this mystery and went and found like courtroom transcripts with Hermione and read them. At least he would be like engaged in like a mystery that he's trying to solve instead of just happening into a, like a bucket of goo in Dumbledore's closet. (laughs) (laughs) That goo could have been anything, Harry. That could have been anything. Why did you put your face in, in, in Dumbledore's dumbledore's cumble why it's 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 lucky it's lucky that it was brain nut because i don't know why do you do that and why do the memories have to be so boring why why (laughs) also okay let's talk about um dumbledore standing up and declaring that snape is good actually uh i love personally my favorite thing to do when i am in the in the midst of a pitched battle between (laughs) between good and evil is to stand up in a room full of 200 people and yell uh hey severus snape is a spy hey uh he's a spy actually he's my he's my spy he's my spy everyone severus snape is my spy just 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 in case someone's watching his memory later (sighs) <sighs> yeah uh good th- good thing there aren't any no <laughs> good thing there aren't any death eaters uh that could possibly be undercover in the ministry oh wait one literally gets unveiled the paragraph before <laughs> hey uh just in case i don't know if there's any more death eaters here but hey severus snape 
He's a professor at my school. <laughs> he he lives at at four two three. Uh, yeah, Severus Snape. That's with Severus S E V E R U S. Dumbledore like, docks what? Snape. What the fuck? How fucking stupid is he? Why? Why couldn't like like there's that, that's that's the thing is that like I, I in in similar to dream sequence like I I this is this is like getting into just like personal taste stuff I dislike flashbacks that are um solely for the purpose of revealing information that was unknown previously right sure I, I do like stories that hop around in time uh-huh. um uh and and kind of deploy key information from different time periods to like serve a greater whole you know like like sure but it has to do that right and this is a this is a weird mix of of it is a it is a flashback dream sequence combo that just has a character like like this is this weird meta thing where this is a character witnessing someone else's flashback which is just Mm -hmm. like 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 double boring um because like normally in a flashback normally flashbacks are at least for the sake of the audience right but harry is the audience to someone else's flashback here so like this is just a character we we are in the shoes of a character watching someone else's flashback they have zero engagement like he even like waves his hand in front of dumbledore like he can't do anything he's not engaged with this in any way he's just there to watch the film reel does he even think anything about it i mean like i I just don't understand what purpose this serves right like sometimes okay sometimes you just gotta give exposition right like like they're they're, like i i don't it, like sometimes a flashback is just the best vehicle for that in a certain story. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't get what this means to Harry. Right. I, like I mean, the one the one thing here is that this is Harry. It, 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 this is so frustrating because I, like I I know I'm harping on this, but Dumbledore standing up and loudly declaring that Snape is on his side, like. The, at the very least we could have left this scene if if they had been more cagey about it if Karkaroff had just said Severus Snape and everyone was just like nope 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 not gonna hear it and like wouldn't say why because it's generally it's probably a good idea to keep your spies as classified information um, it's incredible that Snape was able to go back and be a spy again yeah that's what i'm saying like like what if what if like like Rookwood had been named like after Snape and had like and like was in that because there's it says there's two hundred wizards and witches in that courtroom, right? Two hundred like, out of three thousand in the entire country. Right? Just yeah, just gonna so, point that out. Yeah, just just imagine if, if Dumbledore had been like, "Hey, he's the spy," and then Rookwood had like, uh, "I've got to go use the bathroom or something," and just like left the courtroom. Like, there's so <sighs> many ways that this could have gone worse. But yeah, no, like at least dangle that mystery in front of harry a little bit so he has something to have doubts about like 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 oh hey i saw this mystery in dumbledore's office where where karkarov was a death eater and said that snape was too like 
he but he has to learn the whole package right then and there and it's like okay cool like i'm glad that mystery got solved the same paragraph it came up yeah i guess it it is kind of setting up this book six mystery in a weird way yeah but also i don't care about it at all um yeah this sucked a lot this (laughs) might be my I I feel like there are a lot of chapters that are contenders for my least favorite in this book, but this just on sheer like boredom. Audacity to have three courtroom scenes directly after a dream sequence, a literal dream sequence in the previous chapter. I I just have very little patience for lore dumps of this. Yeah. This kind. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a double whammy of being like a really badly handled exposition dump and also an objective like 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 the just it being a memory that a character is witnessing but is also completely objective as far as I remember is just like it's like it's like it's I I I I dislike this on multiple levels and I had to read a whole lot of it. I mean, there is some good in here. Like I said, like uh, there's 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 little f- bits of the world be- building I do appreciate. I like, I like that um, Bagman is such a celebrity that like when he gets called in, he doesn't get tied to the chair. Uh, I like that Rita Skeeter is there because it's a bigger scoop that a that a Quidditch player is on mm-hmm. trial. Um, I like that, it, like like the, like that stuff is funny and builds and like is flavorful, but it wasn't worth it, right? Like. I- I guess I'm 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 of like like I do like that stuff a lot. I like like you said I really like the contrast between uh Bagman's trial and and the other ones um and the like the picture that paints of of kind of the uh the criminal justice in this society and all of that. Um I feel like these scenes while probably good and like and do say something about the world I, they just don't feel very relevant to the story being told. And I would much rather like, like have this in anything that matters to our main characters. Like I, I I want this in a different form elsewhere. Um, These would have been great scenes. No, totally. These would have been great scenes in a book that had multiple POVs. I think that is the thing that makes that really, really kills this is that like, because Harry Potter is a book series that is only told through harry's perspective it feels so engineered and clumsy that like like okay i have this really cool flashback scene that i want to write about this courtroom uh courtroom scene uh i need to come up with a way that harry can experience this so he's just gonna sit in the room invisible and experience it like it's it's very that's really awkward. it, isn't it? Like this yeah. book really wants to be from a different perspective and it can't be, so it forces it through Harry's. Yeah. Uh, that's a shame because honestly, I like I wouldn't mind that, right? Like like I mean, that would happen last chapter with uh what should have been a Voldemort POV. Right. Sequence. Yeah. Yeah, there, there there's if if this book could just break out of having one perspective i'm like i'm not saying i'm not to be clear i'm not saying that it's bad to write books from just one perspective but like these are scenes that were clearly 
or scenes that would work so much better used in different ways and and i think the only way that you can get away with using scenes like this is in a book that is jumping around both perspective and time more which harry potter just is not harry potter is linear harry potter exists aside from the epilogue it's like harry potter exists in one timeline with one uh perspective character and that's it yeah and, and moreover i think having a one, one perspective character is certainly not bad uh like i think all like different styles of perspective um have all have their strengths and weaknesses and things that you right. can do to to make th- make that choice like like making a deliberate choice to write a book from the perspective of one character comes with like uh, like a lot of good stuff that you can do with that that's a tool to tell a certain kind of story so not only does this book not want to do that but it doesn't take advantage of any of the advantages of that perspective right, <laughs> right. like we like we are getting none of like we're the, we're, we're the constantly intrigue. saying like yeah we don't get to hear of like what harry's do harry's not proactive he right. like information is not concealed from him in a way that like builds suspense right like like that like the trade-off of having one one character's perspective as of having information concealed and having to like filter it through uh through one person is really interesting and yeah. and in, and a true advantage of telling a story this way but this one won't have that this is like we have to see objective memories because this is the story that wants to be told and right. so we get kind of the worst of both worlds exactly yeah no i couldn't put it better like like it's it's just not taking advantage of of the toolbox that it is using, right? And is just not only that, it is reaching into other toolboxes to take one thing out of them and just like never never utilizing anything correctly. It's it's such a bummer. These the the this was just a bummer chapter. Like this this is pretty rock bottom for this book, I feel. Yeah. Uh I'm also having some issues with Dumbledore's character in this chapter. Um I yeah. So, like, the best thing, or one of the better things that I took from the chapter where um, Sirius has exposition at Harry, um, is that Sirius is unhinged. Right. He's living, he's living in a cave. He's eating rats. Like, he, he is clearly, like, not making good decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, except, just kidding, in this scene, our our moral good character of this book, our, our godlike uh Dumbledore uh, has been puppeteering everything behind the scenes and in fact told Sirius to live in the cave which I think is supposed to mean that I'm think I'm supposed to think that's a really good idea <laughs> right yeah the cave thing makes so you know, like like living in a cave and eating scraps uh makes sense for Sirius's character uh it makes a lot less sense for Dumbledore to be like Hey, I don't fucking know. Why don't you just go to that cave? Like, you'll figure it out. Get some food, maybe. Like, couldn't he send him some food? Like, like if they're working together on this. In fact, if you know what? No, if Dumbledore is orchestrating this, why doesn't he just like have Sirius living in dog form in his damn office? I don't know. I don't like, know. Couldn't he Rent just do him that? Rent like, Hogsmeade. I don't know. It's just like yeah. not. <sighs> I do not enjoy Dumbledore engineering everything behind the scenes. And that's not to say that there isn't an, a, a good story there. Um, no. But rather that anything interesting about that is not how it's used ever. Right. 
Also, can we talk about the Bertha Jorkins thing? What's Yeah. What's with the what's with what's with that, huh? Dumbledore? Yeah, there's like that part and it's like a memory of Bertha Jorkins from her school days and she's like, I like I followed so and so uh behind like into the greenhouse where they were kissing and he hexed me and then real real time Dumbledore watching this objective memory is like but why did you go into the greenhouse Bertha Jorkins like ah I'm just so fucking smart <laughs> like come on fuck I, off I get Dumbledore that, I get that this is like the the like oh Bertha clearly poked her nose where it didn't belong and got killed by Voldemort right like that this yeah. has been fucking like this is beating a dead horse at this point like like the Bertha <laughs> Jorkins thing like yes yes she is killed by Voldemort like I I've this has been revealed to me in 10 different ways over the course <laughs> of this entire book Voldemort said it he said it at the beginning of the damn book. We knew he the, said it. Sirius in- said it. Now Dumbledore said it's just on and on and on. Our, I get it. <laughs> our first introduction to Bertha Jorkins is finding out that she's dead. Everyone thinking she might still be alive is like dramatic irony because we saw her die in the Frank chapter, or or heard about her dying in the Frank chapter. So like, it, it, we did we did not need an extra an extra twist on on uh, an extra piece of info to remind you that hey uh she got killed by voldemort like no fucking shit i know what do you think of um the uh, so i i feel like this there are there are so many like other things going on that i don't care about but the main thing here uh that is really happening in this chapter is crouch jr and we see him at the trial and i assume it is supposed to sow doubt right like we are supposed to think maybe he was innocent and was convicted because we obviously don't know that crouch jr is moody um Mm -hmm. what do you think of that as as like how it serves the main mystery of the story uh i actually i i would personally i don't know i i think that this might be one of if this had been handled better if this had been like a a scene in a book where the perspectives made sense and (laughs) and the book was good um i think that the implication being that he's just a good actor right is kind of a nice clue uh uh, I, I I I I I like that so much in concept. Um that he's like, you know, like like maybe the red herring was be like, oh, Crouch Sr. is such a such a cruel father. He and he's so committed to the to, to his his work that he'd imprison his own son without a second thought and let, then the like the reveal being obviously that like actually no, he was just a really good actor and was and uh did torture uh the long bottoms i like that on paper but it's just such a stupid scene like as is in the book that it it just doesn't not worth it you know yeah i mean i I, i've been kind of coming back to this a little bit because (laughs) the wife um, literally faints i'm sorry i just remember like oh i got a case of the vapors oh yeah she has like her fainting couch moment uh and it's also for the dumbest reason because like on the one hand like this is a pretty horrific picture that's being painted i mean this yeah. is like a kid a kid right like pleading for his life he's he's about to go and, and be tortured to death in the torture prison uh and he's being sent to sent to prison by by his his father uh and it's crying and it's like generally just like clear like pathetic or, or whatever um 
but the timing of Crouch saying like, you are no son of mine. And then like the right. wife fainting is extremely funny. <laughs> yeah. It, it completely undercuts its own, its own drama like, by like, Whoa. just being, Oh, this is like a fucking Perry Mason episode. All of a no, sudden. No, it really like, is. It's like that, the comedy of like someone saying something scandalous and a woman fainting in the courtroom yeah. is, is kind of a weird, uh, a weird one. Um, what was I going to say about Crouch Jr.? Oh, just that um, I, I think that, like, I think it goes without saying, people really like the characters in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Crouch Jr., I've mentioned, is maybe one of the most overlooked, un, like, nobody, like, uh, I don't feel like he ever gets any attention. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody remembers Crouch Jr. when they think about goblet of fire and i've been kind of interested in why because like other and i do think he's overshadowed by bellatrix lestrange in that he is he's the first character i think that we see who is a true believer right like he is a psychopathic like killer like diehard voldemort supporter and he's the first that we see of that um Granted, other than his monologue at the end of book four, um, this is the only time we see him, right? Like, mm-hmm. like his reveal. He's always being moody um, throughout the course of this book. Um, and, I, and I guess I'm just like surprised that he isn't doesn't get more more attention as like the the antagonist of this book but i really think it does just kind of come down to um everything about him being like objective memories and exposition and then a monologue at the end yeah it's a bummer because i think that that he is honestly the most compelling villain that they that this series has in a lot of ways um mm-hmm. or at least is like the most the like the most threatening like lieutenant that, that Voldemort has right mm-hmm. like there's Wormtail who's just sort of there because he's press ganged into it um there's Quirrell who like similar is being manipulated um having a character who is like actually like like <laughs> like if we're if we're going like the comparison here like he is the Goebbels to to right uh, Voldemort's Hitler right and so like he is such a scary character potentially and like especially the fact that like his other traits aside from being like like creepy murder man is that he is also just a very very good actor he's like a social chameleon right is really there's so much potential there like like i'm it's a bummer that he just kind of gets shuffled off to azkaban at the end of this book i think um i think he's easily more scary than bellatrix who who i do think overshadowed his character as being uh the the true believer character right like she's she's the crazy like i i love voldemort and i'm going to have his baby like that whole thing right um uh, so yeah so him just like kind of fading away is is kind of strange he gets yeah. the Dementor's kiss, right? Like he has to have yes. died. Um, I, think, I think that's I think that's true. Um, if I remember right, it's just a bummer because like like he is such a like like even imagine like it, it's it's weird that he's not kept alive or or like not kept as a threat because like he's the kind of character that like imagine if he just like 
disappeared or got away at the end of book four, even if he never came back again, imagine like the years and years of endless speculation his like existence could fuel like for the series like do you know how many like fan theories we'd get of like what if x character was was barty crouch jr in disguise like like even he's a character archetype that like improves the tension of a story just by existing he doesn't even need to be there just like knowing a character like that exists enriches a story i think yeah and i think that this is like maybe the biggest missed opportunity of all the characters in harry potter is like i think he is the most like he is the horror character of any villain yeah. in this series he is he is a horror movie monster right um yeah and I I am coming to a, a new conclusion about this book, which is that it needed to focus more on the Crouch mystery um, and needed to give us some present time investigation into the Crouch mystery instead of getting bogged down with everything else um, and mm-hmm. and delivering all of the Crouch mystery as weird memory exposition about him. Uh, it's such a shame to see him be so defanged in this book when it's just like yeah i think has the most potential of anything that's happening yeah he's a truly scary character on paper at least um it is funny that he's played by david tennant in the movie because like (laughs) thinking about it like uh the character that he plays in the the first season of of what's it fucking called uh the marvel show jones jessica jones yeah, yeah like, like that's Grace, basically yeah. basically the same kind of character right like the just oh, the very yeah. very scary master manipulator uh uh character is, is like like i i don't know like that i think that is a really compelling type of villain and it's disappointing that this book casts it aside so easily you know yeah i guess it really needed Voldemort's rise to being a human again to be the most impactful thing that happens when like i think voldemort is maybe the least scary thing that's happening at this point in the story (laughs) right yeah 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 it's a it's a bummer and like like i said i i like most of the courtroom stuff i don't dislike in a vacuum that scene with with crouch jr as a kid and like i like that the that like the sort of like anti clue in it is that like like no he's just acting he's just a really good manipulator mm-hmm. um uh is is cool but we get it in a very boring objective memory scene and it's like whatever who cares uh, yeah maybe the worst way to deliver the scariest stuff in this i mean like if, like even then it's like we have this like horror movie monster villain that is the villain of this book and also, I think, like, other than just, like, off-screen murders, like, I suppose, like, Harry's parents were murdered, Bertha Jorkins was murdered off-screen, um, the torture of Frank and Alice Longbottom is easily the most horrific, like, yeah. theater thing that has happened, right? And yeah. it's delivered in just maybe the, like, the most boring clinical like possible. Um, but this is kind of our, like... Like again, I, I we've talked about it a lot, but just this book being like this is this is where Harry Potter gets more mature, um, and um, seeing a 
that this is the most horrific like death eater crime that we have seen directly and affects a character that we know um also makes me wonder why he's not more in this book so maybe this reveal could be more impactful i know we had yeah i know we had the especially lesson. especially because dumbledore tells neville's story and then goes but don't tell him i told you because it's his story to tell like fuck off like why couldn't why couldn't Neville have 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 given this account? Or whatever? I, I guess like, you know I, I said earlier that um, Dumbledore is like the moral good of this story, and maybe I'm like wrong about that, and I'm like totally open to being wrong because I, I the way that I remember it is that Dumbledore has like a quote unquote gray past, right? But I, my yeah. impression was always that he, as you know, he got out of all that uh, nasty Grindelwald business. He then like learned and became this moral good, like. He had he became Gandalf the White and is like mm-hmm. a a good good character and that I'm supposed to look at all of these things as as the the moral center of the story and maybe I'm wrong about that like maybe maybe all of this manipulation Dumbledore kind of telling Harry about about uh, Neville's parents uh, and probably shouldn't have is supposed to be more of a morally gray uh, mm-hmm. like uh, him engineering the plot for us sort of thing but i kind of don't think so i kind of think i kind of think i think that kind of comes up in retrospect yeah i i I like want to say that like that is where it went but i feel like the kind of silver bullet to that theory is dumbledore being presented as god talking to jesus in harry's like death limbo death scene limbo thing so so i don't know i I I guess I I want to leave room for myself to be wrong with that assessment. Definitely. Yeah, I want to know how much of it is intentional and how much of it is just like very hastily trying to add some color to Dumbledore at the end of the series, you know? Yeah, uh, in this book where Hermione does not need to be here, she's an exchange student and was not at Hogwarts (laughs) for her fourth year. Uh, This could have been a book where uh, Harry talks to Neville and Neville is a character. And then this reveal means something to me and maybe Neville tells his story, but, or, or Or it could be, or it could be this flashback uh, objective memory scene. Yeah. (sighs) Well, um, I did not very much enjoy these chapters, but there is a silver lining here. There is, there's a light at the end of this tunnel what's that uh, the next chapter we read has the best illustration of any of the chapters uh i've i've seen i love that oh, sphinx. It's, a sp- it's the sphinx i like her i like her big paws i like the sphinx um so do you have anything else on these chapters or or i, no, I feel I like i could talk I forever don't... about this stuff but like no it's... no 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 yeah i could too it's just i i think we've said enough yeah let's take a break and then let's gather our thoughts uh (laughs) and and come back and talk about the pensive yeah sounds good with an S, Snape also with an S, he is a spy. Uh, that's my spy, Severus Snape. You'd like Dumbledore's, 
Dumbledore's very good at um, running. I don't even know what kind of organization it is. <laughs> a resistance <laughs> cell, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Just just shouting the names of your of your operatives uh, in a room full of people. You know, that's 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 good genius stuff. Um, the pensive. Yeah, uh, the the narrative device that we we know and love. Th- this is our first intro to the pensive. Um, our first pensive chapter uh, really kind of set the stage, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a good pun. I think that I think that she came up with that pun and was like, "Well, I've, I've got to use this somehow," and that's how we ended up where we are. I think stories about magic are are cool. I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, magic i play a mage in every video game mm-hmm. um even uh mass effect i play the stupid uh magic character what oh, are they called uh, the <laughs> are you talking about the, the one... like the ones that have all the biotic powers and only use the shotgun <laughs> yeah yeah Although those I don't, I, Vanguard? I, 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 no no Vanguard? i, I no, it's like adept or something oh i don't yeah, know yeah, why yeah. i don't know why you're made of electricity or whatever i'm just saying i like magic um I am now kind of like noticing that all of the magical things in the Harry Potter universe are so boring and also like so problematic to the story. Like we have the Marauders map, we have mm-hmm. the Time Turner, we mm-hmm. have the Pensive, uh, and it's just it's just a lot, don't you think? Oh yeah, it's I I I I think I texted you this, but like uh, I I am now. Uh, I think I am now a a time turner defender. I think I I think I no longer think that that's the worst device that has been invented for this story. Do you think the pensive is? I think it might be. I I hate it in that there's probably something interesting you could do with it, and yet yeah, it is it performs the most boring role in the story. Um, but you know, a lot of people have questions about the pensive. Hmm. You know, it's a it's a pretty uh, important magical object in the Harry Potter world. So I thought I would check uh, to see what uh, Reddit has to say. Hell yeah! Uh, or rather, or, or rather, what kind of questions they might have about this um, uh, important uh, magical plot device. So I was wondering if you feel up to uh, seeing if we can answer some questions. Well, I think this is, I think not only am I up for it, but I think this is actually our duty right now since JK Rowling is missing. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. She's not online to answer these, these questions. So we need to pick up the slack. Okay. Well, I'm going to start uh, right out of the gate with a really good one. Uh, and I, I picked this one because it reminds me of, um, one of our our favorite fan theories. Ooh. This was posted three years ago. And the subject of the thread is, what if, as readers, we're viewing Harry's story through the pensive? Oh. Mm. I just got through my rather overdue rereading of the Half-Blood Prince, and from the beginning of Harry and Dumbledore's trek through the cave, all the way through the end of Dumbledore's funeral, I was more immersed into the world than I have ever been before. I went outside for a much-needed cigarette after I put the book down, and my brain immediately <laughs> flicked... And, I'm, and my brain immediately flicked towards the pensive, and how it felt just like I was there, watching everything play out, just like the many memories that harry and dumbledore view throughout the book i just thought i would share this fun little thought with you all i'm <laughs> off to start deathly hallows once again 
I love how how fanciful this post Ooh, is. I took a drag from my cigarette and and my brain flicked towards this thought. Yeah, that's very good. Um, um. So I I can't remember if we talked about this on our Crimes of Grindelwald episode, but I think uh, I had a theory that um, one of the, one of the break break glass in case of emergency things they could do for the series. Uh, mm-hmm. is is get daniel radcliffe back uh and like as a post-credit sequence after the like at the very end of the the fantastic beast movies there's like a sequence where he like adult harry potter pulls his head out of a <laughs> pensive and is like wow dumbledore your your friend newt's commander sure was wacky and like that's how they lampshade all the shit with like mcgonagall being there and stuff he's like yeah i guess i remembered things wrong in some places but the pensive are their objective. Yeah, so they can't do this. So even even that joke idea is more interesting than the pensive itself. God. Um there is a part in the comments here of this post that I'm very Okay, first of all, so, someone said we read too much of Harry's thoughts and interpretations for that. But for example, the second chapter of Half-Blood Prince could very plausibly be Narcissa's pensive scene. And then there's another part um, where someone asked whose memories would it be? And the original poster said, I figured Harry, except for the few scenes that could be someone else's, like the ones where he isn't present. And this is driving me crazy because... Harry wasn't present in any of them. Are there scenes where Harry isn't present in six and seven? <laughs> is that what that means? Are there just straight up Voldemort POV scenes? Well, no, there's the wait. Oh God. How, how many inception levels is this? Aren't, isn't a big part of Half-Blood Prince like Voldemort pensive stuff like Tom Riddle childhood? Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's like the entirety of Half-Blood Prince. If I remember correctly. Yeah. So like pensive within a pensive within a pensive at that point. Like, Oh no. Oh no. Not, 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 not here for that. I'm glad you mentioned Inception because that's going to bring me into my next question for you. Oh no! I, I can't, I can't resist because I, because you said it, um, and now I have to, <laughs> and now I have to read you this question, which is entire. It's not really a question; it's a statement, uh, and it's entirely written in the subject line. Wonder if a wizard had has tried to enter someone's memory in a pensive inside someone else's memory from a pensive all the way back to the first wizard to use the pensive, sort of like a pensiveception. <sighs> I mean, okay, I guess, uh, you know what, I think that's a fair question, as dumb as it sounds, because <laughs> the 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 memories that we see through the pensive are so fully realized and constructed scenes that, like, could Harry just, like, wander out of that courtroom and, I don't know, like, go and get a hot dog or something? Like, like I mean, I guess he couldn't because no one, no one can see him, but, like, can you just walk around all the whole world? is it just that one area is there like a radius that he has to stay like how does that work if there are multiple pensives maybe he really could just just keep keep hopping on down yeah i i mean again i think this like like as silly as this question is it it highlights some like more issues like and and by issues i mean like there are so many ways that this could be so much more interesting and moody like if you go into someone's memory, even even assuming that it's objective and they remember everything correctly, like, for instance, I'm sitting here at my computer and I'm looking 
at my computer screens and I have some vision in my periphery and some idea of what's behind me because I'm familiar with this room. But Mm -hmm. if someone came into this memory of me doing this, my image of like what is on the other side of the room is not super clear. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that could have been a super cool thing in a memory. Yeah. Like if it's like like kind of sketchy. Yeah, like kind of sketchy outside of like the main part of the memory or whatever. Like, like it, if anything, the fact that people have so many kind of goofy questions like this just kind of highlight how underutilized things like the pensive are, because those are the kind of things we should get in the story, I think. I guess the real answer is that it's magic, right? But yeah. I, I just I just think that it's the most boring version <laughs> of this magical thing that it is just functional. Like, like, again, if it wasn't magic, this would be a story of Harry finding courtroom tapes, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, this would be he Harry gets to sit and play her story. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, like, uh, Yeah. Which would have worked just fine or like maybe even i mean like he could have gotten like daily profit clippings for god's sake like 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 this information is available presumably outside of dumbledore's brain bowl like like it's weird that he has to go to the source like this i guess i'll get all of my serious pensive questions out of the way i'm sorry okay. that this turned into a serious pensive discussion We're just this continuing is how, this, the last i'm just like i'm just i'm so <laughs> fucking bothered by this uh why didn't harry and dumbledore use the pensive to show his memory of the graveyard and cedric's death to fudge in the ministry thus proving voldemort's return and the identities of the death eaters good fucking question actually why not uh the pens- I, just wanna, I have to read the first comment because it's very funny to me only because of their emoji use memories can be changed and tainted it's like photoshop for memories winky face <laughs> But we don't know that in this book. This, this this question is completely on the money, honestly. Like, like this is what I was saying about, like, the pensive maybe being worse for the world building than the time turner. Because we now have two sources of objective truth. And one will get walked back. Veritaserum gets walked back immediately, almost. I mean, I guess the pensive gets walked back by sl- the slug Slughorn stuff, right? But I yeah. thought it was, like, very... I, I... I guess I'll reserve judgment um, because mm-hmm. I think I might be thinking of the movie as making it very obvious that it was a an altered memory or like not everyone can really do it. It's not like you just think a lie and then pull it right. out of your head. I right. don't know. We'll see. That's like, yeah. I will say that that question about why Harry didn't just show his memory is um, 99% of the questions on Reddit about the pensive. That's a completely fair question. I gotta say, like, like, in 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 the book where we learn that there is a bowl that you can put your objective memories into to prove stuff the fact that that never even comes up as an op- like as an option that's suggested or whatever is kind of odd right like I don't yeah know. seems astute okay enough serious talk uh, could God. you drink memories out of the pensive <laughs> it is goop right it's it's like a weird watery liquid what would happen what happened uh, if you drank some memories here here's the uh the body of this post 
really weird question, but I'm rereading Order of the Phoenix, and Harry holds his breath, probably unnecessarily, before entering the pensive in Snape's worst memory. It made me wonder if, since it is liquid, or somewhat like a liquid, could you drink it? Since you can draw memories out of your mind, and they seem to take physical form, it seems like it would be possible, but I feel like drinking a bunch of memories would be extremely disorienting. (laughs) That's such a presumption to make. Yeah, like why? Why would it be? Okay, here's here's my thing. Could if Harry drank Snape's memories, would they be gone? Or or if you take a memory out of your head and put it in the pensive, is that the only place it is, or are you like duplicating? Is it like Control C or Control X? That's what I want to know. I yeah, I don't think that there's like a really clear answer because I thought that Snape was taking his memories out of his head so that Harry couldn't see them, but I don't know if that means he doesn't actually remember them. Also, yeah, hmm, that, again, another really interesting thing the pensive could be about, like if you could physically manifest your bad memories and get rid of them, and like what that could do to someone psychologically, is also a really interesting idea that I don't think ever comes up in this book. Like we could uh, etern- like if if they just eternal sunshine uh, Snape to get rid of all his bad <laughs> memories or something like like that seems like kind of an interesting story maybe. Yeah, I I think that like really what this ends up highlighting is how fucking boring the pensive is. Yeah, eternal sunshine take- of the Snapeless mind. Ah. Uh... That has to have been written, right? Oh, that's... Mm, I'm going to have to do some research after this episode's done recording. Someone said, what would this taste like? And taste is in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what would it taste like? Uh, I'm going to say it tastes like the, the mystery flavor airheads. That's that's my guess. This person said that it probably tasted like polyjuice potion, which I feel like is a little unimaginative. Mm. No, that polyjuice potion tastes like polyjuice potion. Come on. Someone just said this is giving me serious the giver vibes, and I don't know why or what that oh, means. Hmm. I've not seen. You remember? Fuck! I keep forgetting and then remembering that the giver got a movie recently, and it was in black and white, and Jeff Bridges was the giver. Have I told my the giver story on this podcast yet? I don't. I don't think so. I feel like I haven't. So I'll. I'll. Uh, tell a a short story about the giver which is when i was in fifth grade my fifth grade teacher um decided it would be a treat that she would put on the giver like the audiobook in like the last 30 minutes before before the end of the school day or whatever and i was kind of a nerd in school i guess i like to read a lot and i got really into it um And about halfway through the book, my fifth grade teacher got mad and was like, nobody's listening. So now I'm taking this away. So I've only ever heard half of the giver. (laughs) Oh, that's so cruel. I guess now you have to see the movie with Jeff Bridges, huh? To find out the rest of the story. Or I could read it, I guess. Well, who's got time for that? We've got so many books to read, like like after. Yeah, that's true. I can't wait for that. (laughs) here's a question that is related to another book Mm. the uh the title of this post um is funny which is coincidence anagram (laughs) like coincidence question mark anagram okay lay it on me so i was reading narnia again when i found out when i found out that the kid's last name was pevensey 
which is an anagram for pensive. So oh, I was wondering, no. so I was wondering if anyone had noticed this. Oh, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. What what do the comments say here? Please. The first please. comment is I'm going to go with coincidence for 100 pounds. Fair enough, you know. Another person when another person said when I first clicked this, I was thinking the anagram in question which would be quote Mr. Tom a dildo lover. To which the OP responded, sorry to disappoint you. Gotta agree that would have been way better though. <laughs> uh I forgot about the Mr. Tom thing. That is a classic Harry Potter joke. Um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Someone said just a coincidence? I thought it was a pun on pensive, engaged in involving or reflecting deep on or serious thought and sieve of memories. And then OP responded, it is 1000% what you were describing. Roland comes up with great pun names like that. <laughs> True. Fair enough. It is a good pun. <laughs> it is a good pun, but but a bad plot device. <sighs> I have another serious question about the pensive. I was oh, not no. Of, I, I was not oh. out of serious questions. Oh no. Okay, I, okay this isn't really serious, uh, but it's similar to the Inception one. Okay. Question. Does watching a memory inside of a pensive cause a feedback loop? Here's the body. When you place a memory into a pensive, it's essentially removed from your head for later viewing, correct? So, if you watch a memory through the pensive, wouldn't you then remember the original memory again in addition to having a new memory of yourself um, watching the memory? If you want to remove the original memory again, do you then have to remember to remove the redundant memories? Again kind of a cool idea honestly like what if the pensive was kind of a dangerous thing because there are all these weird weird fucked up things that could happen if you used it wrong that's kind of i like that idea imagine the cool weird doubled up dream sequences you could get if it was more figurative and you had to like watch like a scene like doubling up on itself that's kind of cool i'm on board with yeah. this or you'd get all fucked up if you watch the same memory too many times right yeah like you've, you've you've done it too much or yeah there's so much like way cooler stuff that could have been done <laughs> there's like so this, much I wasted feel. potential here yeah i love it and also and also you know i keep coming back to like the dark arts in the story and what and what like purpose that serves um <laughs> and i i feel like it's so i feel like there should be more risk involved in magic yeah yeah no totally like that isn't just really... like evil sword spell or whatever right like like we with with the like with like the cruciatus curse there's like oh it, it'll only hurt if if you really mean it or whatever but i feel like that's i feel like that's a thing that could be applied to like more of the magic in this series to make it kind of cooler and like you could kind of like that's like another axis for character development to like like if you say like what kind of spells characters are good at you know because like it makes it more personal i don't know like it, like there's just so many missed missed opportunity things here yeah it's a bummer um i have one more thing for you and right. it's kind of less to, less of a reddit burning question about harry potter okay. and it's more about reddit as a whole and i feel like we, we yeah. you know we we've uh 
we've done a lot of Reddit content on on this podcast. So I felt like this, you know, maybe we're not qualified to answer this question, uh, but I feel like we're pretty familiar with the mm, Harry Potter yeah, subreddit. I think so. Um, but first, I have to tell a story. Okay. A, a small a small Reddit story, and it is about um, this user on Reddit. God hates Hufflepuffs. Um, Holy and, shit! Good name. And uh, a year ago, you know, before before we hit record on this this here podcast um, uh, today, I sent you a video, and I said, "Please watch this video." Oh no! And in the video, it was a raspberry Pi that had been uh, turned into, like, had been constructed around to create a pensive. Uh, sort of display that then would play a slideshow of photos for a couple. And the idea was, is the pensive was like to help a proposal, a marriage Mm, proposal. mm -hmm. And God hates Hufflepuffs posted that on the Harry Potter subreddit. Uh, And here is the second part of that post, which is this post, which was slightly after they posted that. And here is the subject line. There's no body of the post. The entire post is written in the subject line. Oh, no. Can can someone explain what posts have a happy Reddit life and which ones die into internet abyss? I made pensive for a proposal from scratch and got like six views. I figured that would be... (laughs) I figured that would be Harry Potter sub candy. I'm equal parts salty and interested on what gets upvoted for here. Someone affirm me. Oh my God. This is not, okay. I, I had so many things running through my head when you were telling me that this was related to the, the pensive proposal <laughs> post. Uh, and I, I could not have predicted this one. Oh my God. Yeah, it, it could have been a lot juicier. Like it could have been like something like fell through with the relationship. Right, I was, I was expecting post. like, but no. Yeah. this is a post about posting. <laughs> the meta, a good meta post. Um, okay, just, just so you know, we we've named the video. You can go see it to 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 enhance this discussion. Um, first of all, I would suggest. Uh, not making the video sound like it was recorded <laughs> inside of a wind tunnel. Mm. Um, I would check to see whether or not there was a horrible popping sound that also played throughout the video entirely. Um, I would, I would think that you know, like proposal posts are maybe my least favorite thing on the internet, but I understand some people really like them. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like you could maybe provide a little bit more context for it rather than just you uh, making a video at like 240p of this uh, Raspberry Pi thing you made. And also, when I am displaying a thing that looks like a bowl that has water in it (laughs) on the internet... I would do my utmost to not do anything in the video that made it look and sound like I was just taking a piss into it, which happens yeah. several times in this video. The POV uh, piss shot for sure does not help. Right. Like, like the camera is being held at like crotch height and I like they're pouring the water into it to like activate the screen or whatever that they've put underneath the water. But it really just sounds like piss hitting a toilet and it happens multiple times throughout the video. <laughs> 
enjoyed this. Um, I didn't know you were such a post consultant. I, yeah. I, I think this is a great discussion for us to have at the end of our episode since we kind of started it off about a discussion about posting. And here yeah. we are uh, doing some post consultant work uh, for God I, Hates Hufflepuffs. I, I'm starting my new reality show uh, post posters eye for the for the not posting guy uh that sounds uh, and, great and i'll help i'll help reddit guys make their posts better uh so yeah well number one uh don't don't make it look and sound like you're pissing in it uh number two i would hope that you could record in hd uh and if not at least make the sound audible and not horrifying um and also don't make a weird salty post about your not going viral that's the <laughs> the the, the self-reflective posts on like why am i not going viral is really funny because like every everyone's trying to go viral when they post stuff on a subreddit right everyone's hoping that but no one says that that's not really like a verbalized thing that is ever it's best mm-hmm. left unsaid i think uh that that everyone is chasing that dragon and and then just immediately going like boy i sure hope that my i I engineered my proposal to go to go off on reddit also if i was being proposed to i would not really be a fan of that like 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 hey honey hey honey uh will you marry me also uh i hope that this pops off on reddit and i'm a little bit pissed off that it didn't like my my proposal didn't go viral on reddit we have yeah. to redo it. This marriage is a sham. Uh, so yeah. So, um, I have so. some new Reddit lore to introduce to the podcast. Oh, fuck yes. I love Reddit lore. <laughs> this this will not be new to you, uh, but it will be new in that it is, the, you know, we we have some Reddit characters, some some recurring <laughs> Reddit characters on this show. Uh, Why Kick a Moo Cow is one of them who, who gets, into, gets into scraps about... Um, height differentials in harry Mm -hmm. potter Uh, but i have a new one to introduce matthias Greyjoy, and maybe you remember that name they are a master wand maker they run oh yes Uh (laughs) they Mm -hmm. they run a subreddit called wandsmith uh and post their like uh like like hand carved wands uh and were were was hoping that someone would send them uh dimensions for a replica wand so that they could make it themselves which is a little bit confusing but you know that's fine um they posted on this post uh to respond to why why did my proposal not go viral and here here's their response a lot of a lot of things contribute to why you get downvoted or if you're not popular on this sub cheap stick and clay wands are pretty unpopular based on the quality of the project i don't know what your pensive looked like but people may have downvoted because of the quality <laughs> also i go guarantee look, dude go, I know, it's the last right post. There. go look at it also i guarantee you will always be downvoted somewhat for that username oh hmm. god hates I mean, hufflepuffs yeah Oof. can't say that, that seemed... can't say that around these parts can't say that around here that'll get you that'll that, get you some that, funny looks that, around this subreddit now that newt scamander is the the big protagonist in town you can't say that here i'm i am so 
into the fact that the first thing that, that our wand lore hero said here is is an example about wands. Like just They're... immediately making that <laughs> the thing they do. It's oh, like, oh love... you can't you can't just post some cheap wand here. Yeah. Um I, yeah, I <laughs> I uh, I love Reddit. God, the but yeah, the my fa- one of my favorite genres of posts is the upset that posts didn't blow up posts. Um, uh, they are always a treat. I will never ever forget the. I can't even remember what the original tweet was, which is, I mean, that that just shows why <laughs> why it never went viral in the first place. But just that that classic screen cap of like the person who had wrote like an incendiary political tweet and then followed it up like an hour later with zero fabs cool or whatever <laughs> like, <laughs> like just classic mm, nothing pow- better that's powerful posting energy that i will i can never reach <laughs> i feel just just being up <laughs> just constantly being upset that you're 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 your pensive uh uh raspberry pie didn't get damn danieled yeah uh, <sighs> really wow. good stuff incredible i think I'm... i think the the best thing about the harry potter fandom is that at this point that the reddit will never stop entertaining me it's um, so good it's, it's discussion it's, week again uh, oh fuck yes and i just like you know i have i have all my tabs open uh to all of these posts about the pensive and then i like clicked away to the front page and boom right here just the subject line of this fucking post here lies dobby a free elf this gets me every time i'm crying sitting in the dentist office bawling silently (laughs) bawling spelled (laughs) b-a-l-l-i-n-g oh my god are you serious oh yeah i'm serious bawling silently silently Oh my god, that's that's so good. Bawling silently. Wow, I just have to confirm this for myself. I'm Reddit is a gift. Yeah, the, the like like the the fun thing is that it, it must have just crossed the threshold because there are plenty of like old franchises and even some franchises that honestly aren't that old where like the discussion around them just kind of dies until like mm-hmm. a new thing comes out. Like like i don't know like like there's (laughs) there's not much mass effect discussion happening these days you know um even though there's plenty of hours of mass effect out there like like that is a very small community but like maybe harry potter has just like hit the the age threshold and maybe there's like enough there in the fandom in the books i don't know um to just keep fueling this horrid machine forever there will all there will always be posts. So someone will always be proposing. Someone will always be uh, taking the same photo of of the Hogwarts at uh, Wizarding World Orlando that everyone else takes. Someone will always be uh, um, forcing their children to read the books as early as possible. It's just it's endless. Yeah, I mean the thing that kills me about the Reddit is that like Reddit is such a like quote-unquote classic nerd demographic where it is like the only acceptable content is retreading the canon forever like Mm -hmm. it it echoes Pottermore in that way to me like I could see a fan like I'm sure that there is like a a small like a small fandom thriving that's making transformative Harry Potter content and that makes sense to me because you're like putting 
putting that out into the world. But the Reddit just like retreading being like, I'm crying because Dobby died again is just <laughs> it just it just gets it just tickles me. Yeah, it's well, it's it's, it's specifically the fact that, that it this branch like this isn't the whole fandom, right? The Reddit the Reddit fandom right. is, a, is just one slice of it um, because it, it is it is funny how uh how much longevity this this aspect of the fandom has when it seems to be actively disdainful of of fan content right like uh-huh like like th- there is a separate fan fiction subreddit because they don't want it there uh, yeah and even that subreddit is pretty hostile to fan fiction culture i would say yeah it's very it's a very weird like self-hating scene and so so yeah so like it, it, it yeah it's just endlessly fascinating that the uh, maybe maybe harry potter just is one of those rare franchises that gets so much official uh uh content i mean like we're in the midst of new movies there's the side books there's video games there's uh and there's like uh, well maybe not i don't know like there can be I'm torn between like there's enough stuff to just keep stoking the fire of the same memories over and over again, or there's not. And people have just sort of slowly driven themselves insane talking about the same things for 20 years. <laughs> but, but it's, it, it's definitely unique uh, in, in, in that way where, where like just this, this, this fandom has just like been circling the same yeah. topics forever. It's great. Yeah. Um, I would like, I'm I'm really going off um the the path. I I'm I'm straying off topic a little bit. I have one one more post that's just there on the front page that I have I have to read and I we please, don't need to discuss please. this at all, but I just have to say it. Uh 3 hours ago, why didn't Harry just augmenti straight into Dumbledore's mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get through it. <sighs> what? Well, I'm going to save that one for when we get to Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> oh my god. Why didn't he? Why didn't he? <laughs> we I have nothing left to say, so I should probably take it to the close, huh? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Huge thanks to them for letting us use that as our theme song. Uh, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash streetcast. We have so much good bonus content. We've got uh, Fault in Our Stars. We've got Satanism discussion. We've got uh, 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 horrible fan fiction about Harry Styles doing things to to objects uh, and, and people. We've got... <laughs> That's, that's, you might think that's a weird way to put that, but it is entirely accurate. Uh, and we have so much more bonus content, all for the low, low price of $3 a month. Uh, and review us on iTunes. Review us on Spotify, if you can do that. Can you do that on Spotify? I don't know. Um, but, you know, wherever wherever, wherever you can spread the word, do it. We always appreciate it. And you can email us at streetcast at gmail.com. And Liz, what are we reading next week? Uh, executive decision. We are going to do one chapter, and it's called the third task. All right. Yep. I yeah. This 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 double chapter week was a doozy with these two chapters. So I think one will be one will be good. Yeah, I think that this one is just going to be kind of an action chapter. Um, but I kind of mathed out how we can kind of lay out 
because we're in the final stretch. Uh, yeah. So we have like a few small chapters. So to split it up pretty well, I think we need to do one here. Uh, and then we might double up a couple more times. And then All right. at the end. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to seeing the Sphinx in action. Yeah. Uh, uh, that illustration is is gorgeous. Uh, I stan. So. Yeah. Uh, I would say more more earnestly and with more conviction than ever if you were thinking about reading harry potter and the goblet of fire the fourth installment in the harry potter series please read another book please read another book if you go into the dream but there's a lady there makes ocean raw seem tame but know what you're after if you catch a eye because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise